Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm Thomas Viola, and the NFL Draft is just days away right here in my own backyard in Las Vegas. So it's time to take a look at some draft props with some draft experts. So joining me today, none other than Fantasy Pros' own Matt Friedman and from Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life, Elliot Christ. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I The only complaint I have is that it's not Thursday. At this point, like, I don't need any more rumors. Obviously, that's one of the things we're going to talk about today and how, how to shift through them and understand what's smoke and what's not smoke. Uh, Friday, we had that Fibs was a top five lock and no way he could fall. And then an hour ago, people are saying they'd be shocked if they see him in the top eight. I think we're up to about 15 guys who are guaranteed to go top 10. So it's it's an exciting time to figure out how everything's are going and major line movement for first overall pick yesterday. So, you know. Again, just excited as a Jets fan. This is the only time of year that there's any reason to be excited. And, you know, the best part about being a Jets fan is coming up on Thursday. It is that every year we only have to watch the first 30 minutes of the draft. It's the most convenient time in our fandom, Elliot. Well, in fairness, I watched the whole draft. Um, yeah, Bill Burr once said basically watching the draft is like going to high school graduation where you don't know any of the players. Uh, you don't know any of the people graduating, but... I don't care. I'm still proud of all of them. So I will be cheering them or booing them based on whether or not I bet them has nothing to do with the player themselves. I can already spoil what the Jets draft is going to be at four. They're going to take an edge rusher who's going to go decently for his second team. And at 10, they're going to take a cornerback that's going to have injury issues and be out of the league before the end of his first contract. That's that's already what's going to happen there for the Jets. Everything else is the question mark. Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing all right. And your assessment of what might happen for the Jets, I would say not entirely accurate, but pretty close. I mean, I think it's it's fairly accurate. We're going to take a receiver at 10 who's not who's going to be uh, out of the league in four years. Not there a corner go. this time. <laughs> That's yeah. the change. Uh, there's that that one cornerback I absolutely do not want us to get. I hope we get Sauce Gardner, but. That's all beside the point. Gentlemen, we are here not to talk about the picks and where we think people are going to go. We're here to talk about the bets. And so let's get right on into it. You each have your five favorite draft props. Now, both of you, of course, have way over five props. Guys, how many props do you have in total that you have already planned out, already tickets purchased? So I'm a little worried answering this because I'm pretty sure my fiance is right in the other room and can actually hear this. Uh, but my answer is 98. Um, it's it's a big one. <laughs> I, I've got, I think my longest shot bet is 70 to one. And my biggest favorite is minus 500. So there's a wide range of props. I think it's a very interesting thing with the draft where you want to embrace variance because it's variant unlike any other event. <clears throat> and one of the mistakes we make is we assume we know the top four. So we know what's going to happen at five. And the second one, you, you want to leave yourself a lot of outs. There are also things that are minus 500 that should basically be minus infinity where like Trevor Penning in the first round, for example, DraftKings was offering him at minus 500, which is about an 80% implied probability. But if you look at mock drafts, he's in the first round in about 99% of them. And he's juiced to the under at 16 and a half. And it's, you know, I've had Cowboys beat writers tweet me like he's not falling past 24. Don't worry about your money. It's like one of those situations where you put that bet in nine days later get a 20% return on that, there's not a stock you wouldn't do that for, right? So the the draft creates so many unique opportunities, but right now I'm at 98. Still a few out there that are that are good values that we'll obviously talk about, but uh, a lot to choose from when you have to pick top five. Matt, how about you? 
Yeah, 72. I scaled back this year. Uh, my final number last year was 298, which was just absolutely ridiculous. And a lot of that was kind of piling on positions that I already had and then hedging here and hedging there and sort of like buying and selling. And this year I just kind of decided like, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to put myself through that again. And it's also just a different draft. Last year, I felt we had much more certainty about what was going to happen in the top 10. And it just made it much easier to fire at certain positions. And this year, we just we don't have that. And so I didn't want to uh, make as much of an investment. And plus, the books last year, uh, maybe some of this was just you know COVID related, but they put out many more props earlier in the process. And this year, I think because they got beat so badly last year, they were just very slow to release some some props. And so, you know, it just it got to the point where it's like, ah, I don't I don't care about this draft as much as I cared about last year's. That's almost a horrible thing to say, but it just it doesn't excite me the way that last year's did. I think, I think two really important points there, though, or one is the quarterbacks. We don't have the five first round guys that everyone's excited about like last year. But two, yeah. in terms of draft betting, Circa dropped a lot of props last year. And they dropped their first props today, and they even um, messaged people that they were only dropping 32. Last year, they were, I think it was 110. So, like, this time last year, we had props on Amon Ross A. Brown. We don't, we have a punter prop randomly on uh, Caesars and Fox Bet for uh, Ari Zara, whatever the guy's name is, the, the punt god from San Diego State. I know a lot more about these guys' draft positions than potentially how you pronounce their names, but who cares? Um, and... You, so so a lot of books just followed them. So we, we're losing some of that stuff. There's a lot less second round guys. I will say, but by the time Friday hits, they'll drop a bunch of second round props too. And I'll probably end up with closer to 130 or 140 total bets on the draft. But I think those are two, two major factors along with COVID. And I think that uh, one of the big things, Matt, you talked about the lack of buzz. And Elliot, I think you're completely right that it's partially quarterback related. I think the other thing is nine teams don't have a first round pick. So that's a th almost a third of NFL fan bases who are simply not excited for the first round. So you're not seeing as much buzz, but the other thing that you both hit on variance and the fact that we don't really know what's going to happen in this draft at a much higher level with years past, I think it's a down draft class. I think we all kind of, I think that's the expert consensus right now, but it means that teams could have wildly different evaluations of some of these guys, even right at the top. And that's why, like you said, Thibodeau was a lock to go, top five and now people aren't projecting him in their top eight it's we don't know what's going to happen and there's a lot more opportunities to make money if you can be the one with the right positions and really cover all your angles so with that let's get on in to some of these picks here matt i'll have you go first your first bet up on the board for us you've got kenny pickett over 12 and a half on the draft positioning here not high on pickett but where are you thinking he's going to go yeah, 12 and a half, uh, obviously taking the over there. Uh, I have this minus 125 at Fox bet right now. Uh, increasingly, I believe that the Panthers will go with a veteran quarterback. Uh, Sam Darnold, maybe Baker Mayfield, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo after a trade. But I think that means uh, there's not going to be a good landing spot for quarterback within the top 12. Uh, I mean, you could look at Seattle and think, okay, well, they obviously need a quarterback, but you know, I, I have an index of sharp mock drafts uh, and only one of them 
has a quarterback going to the Seahawks. There's basically no buzz there that they're going to take a quarterback. I don't think a team is going to need to trade up into the top 12 to get its quarterback a choice. Uh, And let's say even if the Panthers do take a quarterback, there's maybe only a 50% chance that that's Kenny Pickett and maybe even 50% chance is too high there. So I think this is a smash over 12 and a half for Kenny Pickett minus 125. But I mean, I think you could bet this up to minus 150. I definitely, I, I definitely think that that makes a lot of sense. My only worry there is quarterbacks get inflated in that lead up to draft day. I mean, how many guys have you seen just shoot up the boards at the last minute and that might sink you, but I don't think, I don't think you're wrong. I think the logic there is sound Elliot. What about you? You, your fifth pick on the board here for us is in fact a pick on the first overall pick in the draft. Who do you think is going number one? Yeah. uh, Real quick. I do really agree with Freeman on Kenny Pickett. I got him at nine and a half. I think there's a decent shot. He doesn't go in the first round. I wish I could get odds on that one. Um, Trayvon Walker is someone that I've been high on from a betting perspective for the last three or so weeks. There's been a lot of rumblings about him. I got him at plus 350. I hit it again at plus 190. Um, And frankly, I wouldn't be mad at you if you hit it at minus 160. And I know that seems crazy. And people are going to tell me about his profile and lack of production. But again, it doesn't matter. One of the biggest mistakes you can make is trying to analyze a prospect and thinking that that matters. Trent Balky loves guys with longer arms. Hutchinson's got like a seventh percentile arm length. Uh, Walker was a, what, the third best um, athlete to test ever. And the, the RAS score, uh, most comparably notable is Miles um, Garrett. He's got off the charts athleticism, off the charts size. And Balky is said to be in love with him. And all the reports are now that Hutchinson's not even in the conversation. It's him or Icky. And that it'll, it'll come down to Balky versus Peterson. And Balky's got the set. Um I think there's a good chance this closes at minus four, minus 500 by draft day. So I still think there's some value at minus 160. Matt, any thoughts on the first pick from you real quick? Yeah, uh, I agree with Elliot there. Uh, In the first mock I had at Fantasy Pros, I had Trevon Walker as the number one pick. And, you know, that was at a point when it was fairly unpopular. I, you know, it vacillated back and forth between Walker and Hutchinson. But my, my main point with Walker was saying like, you know, at that point, like 80, 90% of mocks had Hutchinson number one. And it was like, this is not uh, a situation where what we see in the mocks is an accurate representation of reality. You know, at that point, I would have said there was maybe only like a 65% chance that he would be the number one pick. Uh, so I, I agree with this. I think the odds will continue to move towards Walker the closer we get to draft day. So, uh, you know, with something like this, it is uh, maybe a little unappetizing to lay the juice, but I think that's where the value is. I think the other uh, small wrinkle there is the fact that Hutchinson's from Michigan. Of course, Jim Harbaugh, the coach over there, bulky, he and Harbaugh, known bad blood from their time in San Francisco. I don't think he wants to give Harbaugh the satisfaction of having the number one overall pick come out of his school there. But that is by far not a narrative to go ahead and be gambling on. I'm going to go back to Elliot here. We'll snake draft this. Elliot, next up, you don't think an, a running back is going to be drafted in the first round? No, I do not. Um, I think that the the odds of minus 180, minus 190, depending on where you look, are really good. Uh, Brees Hall is the most likely guy to go round one. His over-under is 39 and a half. That's seven picks over. Um, 
that the only team that people say can even draft a running back in the bottom seven, eight picks are the Bills, and they are plus 600 to draft a running back. Yeah, they're... Kenneth Walker is the other guy that people talk about. I know you guys have had some cage matches, and unfortunately for Debro, he continues to lose them, uh, as Brees Hall is the correct answer. But Kenneth Walker's over-under came out today at 54.5. James Cook is another guy that has gotten some love. I don't hate him at 10 to 1 to be the second running back drafted. Uh, he opened up as high as 20 to 1. But his overrunner came out today on circa at 69 and a half. Eh. <laughs> those, are, those are high numbers where we're really talking about Brees Hall only, and the only team that makes any sense in that spot is the Buffalo Bills. And frankly, I think they're going to look at the firepower of the AFC and say, well, Devin Singletary is pretty good. We can probably get a guy of similar talent in the next round. Let's add a DB. Let's add a safety, and let's continue. Let's build for the firepower that is the MC. I I think you're crazy, man. No running backs in the first round. Look at Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey. How great are those teams doing with their first round running back right now, man? Hey, Leonard Fournette won a Super Bowl, right? Uh, as the fourth overall pick, or, yeah. or second was this? He was the fourth overall pick, right? Yep. Granted, it was for a different team and on a very low contract, but hey. That that team's not doing bad, right? They're, where were they picking? Oh, yeah, number one in the draft. Maybe they'll take another <laughs> running back there for us. Matt, you've got John Mechie over 56 and a half here. Hit me with the reasoning behind this. So just want to say quickly, uh, totally agree with Elliot here. I have the same bet, uh, not in my top five right now, but, you know, it, it could be in the top five. It's, it's a very good bet. Uh, John Mechie over 56 and a half. Uh, Mechie has a 63 expected draft position at Grinding the Mocks, which is uh, a resource that aggregates a whole bunch of mock draft data. I have Mechie going 74 to the Falcons in my most recent mock. Uh, I think he has like talent if he had stayed healthy, not torn his ACL, run at the combine. Maybe he could have snuck into the bottom of the first round. But I think there's a sort of disconnect between uh, his talent and then the way that people perceive him in part because he was never the number one receiver at Alabama. But uh, I think he's going to fall into uh, the third round. I see pretty significant value here on Mechie over 60, uh, over 56 and a half. Elliot, what do you think? Uh, so many receivers in this draft, someone's got to fall, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the law of numbers, right? Uh, it's going to lead right into my next pick as well. But I think one interesting thing is what happens with George Pickens because some teams love him and some teams are apparently terrified of his character. I originally got Mechie under 64 and a half. I think he will. He's kind of in that back half of the second round, maybe in the or early third where I would obviously lose that bet. But um, I, I think all value on that number has gone to the point where I might even consider trying to middle it. I mean, it's a pretty gaping middle at this point worth a shot perhaps but you're going with sam howell to go over his expected draft position of 45 and a half here not high on the howell train i i heard the nickname he got during the senior bowl was sleepy sam howell because he looks like he's constantly asleep and has no energy and while uh, i can certainly respect that during allergy season i think it's something where it's you want to understand that you're trying to make a good impression on coaches and willis is seeming seemingly coaching up Howell. that's not a great impression but I think he's going to be the fifth quarterback off the board. I think Willis will be the first quarterback. Pickett or Ritter will probably be the second, third, right? And then you add uh, Corral. That's a lot of – this is a bad QB class. Matt just talked about how he doesn't like Pickett going top 12. A lot of people don't like Willis going top 10. 
First quarterback off the board might be the Steelers at 20. That's a lot of run on quarterbacks. I think, Freeman, you put out the tweet of when no quarterback goes top 10, when typically it's it hasn't been more than two quarterbacks in the first round. Don't think there's going to be a mad dash in the second round. Typically, we have this thing the week of the NFL draft. Oh, man, Bryce Petty is – multiple teams have first-round grades on Bryce Petty. Oh, Bryce Petty just won 104th overall in the draft. Like, every year we have guys that are going in the first round and sneaking up, and every year they, they drop like – like a brick so i don't think how it's going to be any different this year yeah yeah to, to follow up on on what uh, elliot just said there totally agree i've got the same bet he's a distant fifth in the uh the market to be the number one quarterback and uh i've seen him drafted in round one in just one sharp mock and like to be honest the fact that he even went in the first round and that mock makes me question the sharpness a little bit of the person who did that mock uh anyway Howell, he's got almost no hype. Uh, you know, he hits the over in my recent mock, uh, as well as some other mocks that have round two of uh, mockers who I respect quite a bit. So I, I think this is a smash. Totally love it. You know what I totally love, Matt? The Betting Pros app, which is a fantastic way for you to find free picks and sports betting advice. Bettingpros.com has you covered with tips from over 150 experts to make it easy for you to cash out. Download the app to get sports betting alerts. You'll get notified of favorable bets based on line movements, consensus picks from the most accurate experts, and vetted systems in play. Betting Pros monitors all the major sports books, most accurate experts, and top systems to identify the best betting opportunities. So download today in the Google Play or Apple App Stores. All right, let's get back to it here. That was a great segue. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that, Matt. But... Your next pick here, you've got Quay Walker at over 38 and a half. You're liking a lot of these overs on most of these drafts. As a matter of fact, every single pick that you have here is an over on the draft. On the Yeah, I mean, we know I'm a negative person, right? Like I'm, I'm a wet blanket. That is my brand. So yeah, I'm going to be pessimistic when it comes to a lot of these guys. Uh, I will say though, you know, I think Elliot uh, has in a lot of his, his picks, probably that sort of like negative tendency as well. I think you just see the uh, the markets tend to overinflate the lines for some of these guys. Uh, I see that with Quay Walker here, over 36 and a half plus 100 at Caesars. You know, off-ball linebacker, it's not a priority for most teams, uh, especially if the team's picking in the top six of round two. And Walker is number 41 in my most recent mock draft, 42.6 at grinding the mocks uh, in their expected draft position. 52 on Arif Hassan's consensus big board at The Athletic and 56 on the NFL mock draft database consensus big board. Like, I think he is priced very close to his ceiling here in terms of where he goes. Uh, you know, he's probably going in round two. He deserves to go in round two, but he's priced at the very top of round two. And that just seems far too high. Elliot, any thoughts on Walker? <laughs> Honestly, I think Freeman summed it up perfectly. There's, it there's not that much I'm going to add to that one. Now, Matt, let's stick with you here. Your number two pick, Sky Moore, once again, in the over, over 34 and a half. A lot of people have been talking a lot about him lately. I've been hearing his name a lot, but you're going over saying he's not going to be in the first round. Yeah, I don't want to say too much about this one. Elliot might want to talk about him a little bit more. That's what we call a tease in the business. But uh, I, I do love him. Uh, but, you know, the grinding the mocks expected draft position for him is 51.6. Uh, 
uh, mock draft database consensus big board ranking for him is 48, which actually is right where I have him in the most recent mock I did, which uh, you can find at Fantasy Pros rounds one through three. I have him at number 48 going to the Bears. Uh, I think we do see more than five wide receivers go in round one, and Sky Moore could be one of those guys. Could be Sky Moore. Could also be Jahan Dotson. Could be Christian Watson. Could be George Pickens. So we could see six, seven wide receivers go in round one without one of those guys needing to be Sky Moore. And uh, for fantasy purposes, assuming he goes within the top 100 picks, I'm going to be pretty bullish on Sky Moore. But for his draft prop, I am taking the over of 34 and a half. Elliot, Matt has set up a big tease here. You've got to pay it off. You have Sky Moore thoughts. Yeah, I mean, literally every reason he just said is the fact that grinding the mark, mocks has him significantly higher than this number. That's always a good feeling. When you're talking about more than 10 spots on a, on a 34 line, like that's that's a wide range in terms of what the, the market's offering. I think this is a situation where a lot of fantasy people have come out and said that he's a big sleeper, so the market is overreacting to that. He's wide receiver eight on consensus mock draft boards. Uh, Dotson is much more likely to go ahead of him. Uh, Pickens is a guy in that area, like Freeman mentioned, Watson as well. Uh, and then you basically have to get two spots out of the first round with the Jaguars, who I don't think are going to draft the receiver after you know giving Christian Kirk uh, Devontae Adams money. Uh, I guess Devontae Adams got Christian Kirk money. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> let's face it, Christian Kirk, everyone knows, premier receiver in the game today. And I, I don't think that the the lines are going to go in that direction. Um, so I, I think I think it's a fairly safe over. And I understand it's minus one twenty five, but juice scares me a little bit less on um, draft props than anything else. Obviously, it matters, but I'm looking more at what the actual numbers are. And I, I think that you know he's. He was plus 200, plus 250 to go in round one when he opened it up. Now, those markets are always a little deflated because of the fact that they don't have to offer a yes. But when you open up like that and then your number comes out at 34 and a half and grinding the mocks has you, you know, 10 spots over that, to me, it's like, let's just take the over and play the probabilities here. Now, a receiver that you're going on the under and saying that he's going to be drafted a little higher than people are expecting is your number two pick here in this draft prop draft. And you're going Drake London under 11 and a half. Yeah, I think this is, um, what's the phrase? Stone cold lead pipe lock. I don't know if we're allowed to say that on this show or not, but I think his ceiling is four and I think his floor is 11. Uh, he opened up at 12 and a half. Uh, he's at 10 and a half on certain books, 11 and a half on others. Definitely always want to shop around. I mentioned juice before. I'd rather the extra number and pay a little bit more juice than, than lose it, especially when it's a team like Washington who's, very in on a wide receiver. Um, I think his ceiling is four. I've heard the Falcons love him. I actually like him at plus 900 to be uh, an Atlanta or the eighth overall pick. Um, I think the Jets are going to be taking a wide receiver at 10 or trade um, for Debo Samuel. Uh, I think Washington at 11. And I think the other big factor of this draft, and one of the things that we have not touched on, and you don't want to predict trades because predicting trades will get you in trouble but understanding that trades do happen. And if there's a team that's most likely to trade back, I actually think it's the Carolina Panthers at six since they don't have the draft capital, but they have all the needs. And one interesting scenario I saw today from Josh Norris, who was last year's most accurate mock drafter, is the Eagles trading up using the 15th overall pick and their second pick gets them to six, which would likely get them a top overall receiver in this draft class. Plus, Kadarius Tony might get traded. 
which opens up five and seven as well. I think there's a lot of outs. I think that London, Garrett Wilson, and Jamison Williams will all go top 11. I would absolutely love to see the Eagles take a third straight receiver in the first round. Well, in fairness, they took a receiver last year, and the year before that, they took a punt returner slash kick returner who also played wide receiver on the side. Boy, how'd that work out for him? Uh, yeah, Justin I wanted... Jefferson thinks it worked out great. <laughs> that That's accurate. I want to get Elliot's thoughts on, uh, like, more thoughts on Drake London because I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on him. Uh, you know, for a little bit of time, he was, uh, if not the number one guy in the uh, the odds to be the number one receiver. He was right up there with Garrett Wilson. Uh, in the mock drafts that I rely on uh, or like consult, uh, he has started to slip down the board a little bit. And I think part of that is because um, Kyle Hamilton has fallen out of the top 10 in the vast majority of mock drafts. And some people are thinking that the commanders at 11 could be a landing spot for him, which means you start to see this kind of effect of Drake London falling down the board a little bit. And I know I have an overposition uh, on Kyle Hamilton over 10 and a half. Elliot, I believe you have an overposition, like mega overposition. I think you have over of six and a half, eight and a half, and probably 10 and a half. I have but, five and a half and six and a half is what I have on Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, you, you got in very good on that. So you, you predicted uh, months in advance, the fall of Kyle Hamilton down the board. The thing is, I am just thinking Kyle Hamilton 11 could be a landing spot for him. What are your thoughts on Kyle Hamilton and then how that might impact Drake London? Yeah, I think Hamilton could be in play at 11. I think, you know, one of the things is that teams are getting smarter boys are taking them long, but it, they're getting a little bit smarter here and there. And so the media loved Kyle Hamilton, but safeties don't go top five, like point blank period. So when you open up at five and a half, you're like, what are the real outs here? Potentially the Texans or the Lions. But you talk about taking a, a non-premium position as one of the two worst teams in the NFL. That seems like a mistake. And so he just starts to continue to fall down the board and slide down the board. Then he runs a four, seven at his pro day. That's not great. I'm not team four. 40 matters, but when you're going to tell me he's a super rangy safety and then he runs slow, that's not great. And then, you know, you ask yourself, yeah, I think some teams are definitely going to love him. I think the media has always been higher on him than NFL teams are. But I think it it comes down to me of teams have shown that they value premium positions. And I think one thing that really helps Drake London and – all rookie wide receivers move up the board, which, of course, hurts the Sky Moore argument a little bit. But still, he's going to be wide receiver seven or eight off the board and go pick 35 and we win, so we're good. But these massive contracts and these guys getting traded and getting paid $25 million has just greatly, you know, if the rookie receiver contract has shot up in value. It is just night and day from what it was even this time last year because these guys are now getting $25 million. And if you're not going to give him $25 million, someone else is. So we don't even – we assume McLaurin's going to get a contract extension too. But with all that, I think that even adds more value or more need for Washington to get a wide receiver because if they don't have him, that's the worst receiving core in the NFL, hands down. So that would be my counter argument. Mm-hmm. I think Hamilton could go 11, though. I think that's probably – I mean, right now he's over – 10 and a half at minus 175, and he started to move to over 11 and a half on certain books. Mm-hmm. I think 
if I had to guess his landing spot right now, I think he's in play at 11. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up falling like in the 18 to 22 range. I missed yeah. I missed it because it, it, Daxton Hill is shooting up boards. But Hamilton opened up at plus like uh, or like 40 to 1 or 50 to 1 to be the second safety. I, w- I would have taken that just from a – you start getting the 18 range. Guys never thought that Hamilton could be there, and then weird things happen. Yeah, it's a flashback of Trevon Morig last year. You know, yes. like safe, safety is a weird position where it's very scheme dependent and, you know, the draft becomes much more unreliable outside of the top 10, the top 15. And so once a guy falls past that point, I don't want to say almost anything can happen, but you are open to much more randomness in the process. So, yeah, it would not be a surprise if somehow Daxton Hill actually did go off the board is the number one uh the number one safety one thing i will say about drake london i i haven't this is one of the few over unders for draft position that i haven't really taken a side on yet uh, i could also see olave just you know because of teams how it is that they view these positions maybe olave jumping over him in a team's rankings and maybe that pushing drake london down the board a little bit but i like i am with elliot in the uh enthusiasm for drake london like i think he he should be pretty cleanly a top 15 pick and if he goes in the top 10 it wouldn't be surprising and matt another another interesting thing to note on that point of the potential of daxton hill maybe leapfrogging hamilton hamilton Minus a thousand at points bet to be the first safety taken. Daxton Hill plus seven fifty right now. Can I interest you in that? Yes, I I would be interested in that. Yeah, and like I'm saying that as someone who doesn't bet a lot of long shots, uh, in part because when I did my analysis last year, uh, I realized I wasn't very good at long shots, so I just kind of have removed those mainly from my card this year. The thing with long shots is you only need one to hit, though. Yeah. Well. I still didn't do it very much last year. All right, guys, we have one pick from each of you left to give here your top draft play. And we will do that right after this quick message from our friends at Sleeper, the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a league on there. I'm using it for mine. It's a game changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in a basketball game or hits in a baseball game. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about it, though, because it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button, talk some trash, and have some fun as we ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money and make sure to use the promo code BETTINGPROS, all one word, and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use the promo code BETTINGPROS when you deposit and make your first pick. Might I suggest that pick being my favorite pick of the day today, John ja Morant under 26 points on Wednesday night against the Timberwolves. Josh ja scored 32 points in game one of this playoff series, hasn't scored above 23 in a game since then. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, guys, here we go. One more pick from each of you here, your favorite bet of the 2022 NFL draft. 
And Elliot, starting off with you because your favorite pick is Skymore over 34 and a half in the draft position. So we've already talked about that just a little bit. Is it still your favorite pick? It's it's still my favorite pick, but you know I'm not, that you, you got to go out with a, a bang, not not a fizzle. So we're we're gonna throw a couple things out there. So I think one thing that's really interesting is on FanDuel you can actually parlay uh, top 32 guys, and so if you want to take uh, uh, McDuffie or McDuffie, sorry, and Penning to go both go in the first round, that's only minus 270. Those guys are both juiced to the under at 16 and a half and 17 and a half. That feels like great odds. If you want to be um, a juice boy, you can take uh, Trayvon Walker to be the first Georgia player drafter at minus 1,000 right now. That's a stone-cold lead pipe block. Jordan Davis is not going top three. Trayvon Walker is. But in terms of a, a real bet, I mentioned that I don't like running backs to go early in this draft. DraftKings today just put up matchups. Uh, and the Penn State uh, defensive end, uh, this is how you know I like you guys because I'm going to try to pronounce his name uh but Eb, Eb, Eb kitty right Eb, i believe that's arnold right. arnold ebikitty ebikitty there we go a very easy name to pronounce again i know how to bet on these guys don't necessarily know how to pronounce their names elliot i thought that you were trying to give his first name and when matt came out with arnold i was like <laughs> how the hell are you getting ebikitty out of this <laughs> um I like him to go before Brees Hall, which is minus 140. Um, his over-under is 31 and a half. He's frequently mocked in the first round. Is right around that um, that fringe area. And Brees Hall is at 39 and a half, 40 and a half. So uh, those odds, to me, should be closer to minus 180, minus 200, than minus 140. And those matchups are something that I want to pay attention to, especially as to get released. It's a great way where if you feel like you missed out on a guy that you like over or under – an opportunity to, to bet some of those matchups. So that that's a play that stood out to me today that I really like. There you have it. Matt, take us home here. What is your favorite bet of this draft class? Just want to say quickly, I uh, love that bet from Elliot. Totally agree with that and would bet that myself. My top bet for this draft class, Tyler Linderbaum over 27 and a half. You can get this at DraftKings minus 105. Linderbaum is one of the best players in this class. I think just sort of, you know, raw talent, top five, top 10, but interior line, interior linemen are devalued in today's game. Uh, and there are you know, a few teams that actually need center in the top 27. Like it's just, I don't think it's very likely to happen. Uh, I think he might fall out of round one and within the top 32, the Bengals at number 31 are his most popular landing spot. And I'll just say, you know, in the uh, the index of sharp mocks that I use, he's gone over 27.5 and 88% of them. This this number should be, I don't know, like if we were setting this, 32.5 would be the number where it should be. Or if you're looking at 27.5, this minus 105 number should really be like minus 200. Uh, so I think there's a lot of value here. McShay came out today and said that they expect him to fall out of the first round. Wow. Yeah. I can't uh, I can't seem to imagine why the Bengals would be interested in interior linemen. I don't know. Not really thinking of a need there. Now, guys, we obviously have so many more picks that we could talk about here, but the problem is we would be talking about them up until next year's draft with the amount that you guys have to bet on in this spot. But before I let you go here, I want to ask you real quick, 
You talked about some of the tools and resources that you've been using to make some of your decisions, some of the sharp drafts that you've been looking at here. What are some of the places that you are going, like grinding the mocks, for example, that you're finding all of this information that you're using to base your picks that maybe some of our listeners here could go and use that to their advantage as well? Yeah, so I use grinding the mocks. I look at uh, the NFL mock draft database. Uh, they have a, a good consensus big board there, and they aggregate a lot of mock draft data there. Um, the Athletic, uh, if you subscribe to that, uh, Arif Hassan has a, a big board there where he aggregates a lot of information. And you know, Dane Brugler is a good mock drafter and has uh, very good write-ups for you know, hundreds of prospects. Uh, and then I'll just say at betting pros, uh, you know, we pull in mock draft data there. We have a consensus mock draft. I post my mocks there. Uh, and we also have a mock draft contest, which, uh, I think is the most sophisticated of the mock draft contest, uh, in the industry. So I would say the other places you could check out, but also check out betting pros. And I also have, uh, well, fantasy pros mock draft there at betting pros my entire betting card uh is there so you can check it out there that is right and guys like matt said his entire betting card is on the betting pros pick tracker if you want to track all your wagers in one place check out the betting pros pick tracker at bettingpros.com slash pick tracking it syncs up with your sports books to tally which picks hit which miss and gives you a live look at what the public is doing so you can use real-time tracking to determine which plays to make and which ones to fade Get on the leaderboard and quickly become a sharp by using free advice we have to offer at bettingpros.com slash pick tracking. And Matt, that that sportsbook sync thing is the coolest thing. No more manually entering picks. It is just done automatically for you. It could not be more convenient. Yeah, it's uh it's totally great. People uh should try a number of sports books where you can do it. So yep. Elliot, how about you? What's one hot tip for people still looking to make some draft bets? Yeah, I would say aggregate data is way more valuable than any one individual's mock draft. And, you know, there's there's like five or six guys whose mock drafts that I pay attention to. But at the end of the day, like one pick really determines how the next one goes. So aggregate data and Freeman mentioned the three best places to do it. The athletic consensus big board, um, though, I will say NFL uh, mock draft database has a good consensus big board and you can look at positions as well. And you can click on individual teams and see the three most uh Act, uh, most commonly dra mock draft players. One of the things you want to pay attention to is some of those names are uh, from February, not necessarily now. So definitely more recent information, grinding the mocks. Um, and just, you know, the the one person I really suggest following during NFL draft season is Anthony Amico. Anything that guy tweets out on the NFL draft, that dude grinds the NFL draft uh, like no one I've ever seen before. And Frankly, I feel like I grind the mock, mock drafts and, and the NFL draft stuff, unlike few others. Um, but really, it's about finding aggregative information and, you know, listening to people. And I think one thing, and it doesn't necessarily help this year, but something to pay, in, pay attention to in the future. Understand when people like big names, insiders, tweet stuff out, who's moving the market and who's not. It'll tell you a lot about whose information is very valuable for betting and who is kind of trying to make more entertaining statements. And we actually talked about that on the last episode of the Betting Pros podcast with Jason Weingarten. It, it is very much, you can tell based on the number moving, which people are the ones whose opinions the book respects and which people not so much. And that is a very big part of trying to become an informed better. So a great way to plug that last show. You should really go check it out if you haven't 
already. And Elliot, where can people find all the great work that you're putting out each and every day? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris, one L one T no H and Chris. Uh, good luck spelling that right for the first time. If you do, congratulations. You win a prize of being the first person to ever do it. Um, uh, I'm the CEO of fantasy life and we're, we're doing a ton of awesome stuff. Uh, you know, obviously with Matthew Barry, it's a newsletter uh, in your inbox every morning, go to fantasylife.com, subscribe to the newsletter. Everything is hundred percent free. And there's going to be a lot of amazing stuff coming this July that people are going to love. And Matt, how about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle. I uh, just want to say, you know, awesome for Elliot to have the, the CEO position, uh, you know, and obviously a ton of respect for Matthew Berry as well. Um, and one thing also, uh, I'm just thinking about this because Elliot mentioned, I think, uh, you know, before the show at the very beginning of the show um, that, you know, draft day or like this week is a hard week to uh, to get in the market, even though it's you know sort of a popular week for people betting. I will say that I do think on draft day, although it, it sounds counterintuitive, that is the one day each year that all of the sharp mockers have an updated mock. And so if you actually, you know, do look through some of their mocks and I will be aggregating all of that information, um, I think you actually can that one day because you've got the best people in the world at mocks all having fresh information you can use their information to bet on not necessarily who's going to go number one number two because those markets at that point uh might not offer much value but you could have a lot of value in the over unders for draft position props uh and so that is something to to be aware of and i will be hitting those probably pretty heavily on thursday afternoon a quick word of warning on that, however, for some betters, if there's a book that you particularly want to get any action with, make sure that their props are still going to be on the board. Some places do take all of their draft stuff down the night before the draft. So watch out for that. Yeah, good good advice there. All right, guys. Well, that is our show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Guys, thank you so much for being with me here to give out some of your favorite picks and plays. And everyone watching, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at TV at Work. Best of luck to all of you on your draft day bets and your team picks, of course. And I will see you guys again next week as we get ready to talk about some NHL playoffs.